Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, giving away $200 in slot play to Sasquatch and Wildcard Casino up in Blackhawk. First four callers are going to get 50 bucks each if you've won in the past. You are not eligible to win again. In the meantime, they are giving a, something away again that is just pretty unbelievable. You're going to get over $17,000 in cash at their latest giveaway uh, the weekend of January 22nd and 23rd or up to $30,000 towards a lease or a purchase of a vehicle at O'Mara Ford. How do you like that? They have great promotions up there. Sasquatch and Wildcard Casino. They're a family-owned casino that treats you like family. Give us a call if you want to go up there. 303-831-1340. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, Mace, got a big game on Sunday night. So let's talk about if they win and, you know, some reason if they lose. They're sitting at 6-5 and five right now. They are playing... I believe, for not sole possession of first place, but if they win this game, they will win all the tie breaks, so they will technically be the first place team. Right. Which is unbelievable to think and about. And that's something. With the roller coaster ride we have gone through that they have taken us on, it's hard to believe they are potentially here. If the Broncos beat the Chiefs, I don't care if it's by 30 or if it's a last-second field goal, what percentage of Broncos country will be on the bandwagon. About 98.5. Right. Win this game, everyone's all in. I think so, too, because then you have the Lions the next week. Yeah, and you're looking at being 8-5. and five. Right. And as long as you don't... As long as you go 2-2 two and two after... If you're 8-5, and five, you go 2-2 two and two the rest of the way, you're almost certainly in the playoffs. Yeah. I got to tell you, um, there's one guy out there in sports talk radio world, and I'm not going to name names, but this guy has been, to me, so awful with his commentary and so negative with his commentary. It's a guy I know very well, and I flip stations when I'm in the car. I literally had to turn the channel today. It's just like I've had it. I've absolutely had it. Because he, along with others, keep moving the goalpost. Because you know what the new narrative is now? Even if the Broncos win, well, they're 7-5 because they played a last-place schedule. I mean, how far down do you have to go on your list to not say, you know what, maybe Bridgewater isn't that bad. Maybe Fangio's putting together a good game plan. At least he has in two of the last three games. He hasn't been great. Shermer's game plans in two of the last three games have been pretty good. The inconsistency, no question about it, is maddening. However, can't you ever just be happy about anything? Some people are just wired to be miserable all the time. They are. It's, and that's, that's the only explanation you can have for it. If they win Sunday, and look, they're underdogs for a reason. And I would also caution Broncos country to 
not <clears throat> not go crazy. Like if they lose, don't be like, oh, the sky is falling. They can lose this game and be just fine right. for being in the playoffs. The the key game was last Sunday against the Chargers. That was the one that said they're going to be legitimately in the playoff conversation probably to the very end at minimum. Right. But if you win this game, you're seven and five you're seven and five, and you would have beaten the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, the Chargers with Justin Herbert. The Cowboys with Dak Prescott, you would have done two of those three on the road. Don't tell me about a last place schedule anymore. Right. Because you've you lost actually, your you've, you've lost your argument. You've beaten some legitimate teams right. if you're seven and five with those three wins. And the last place schedule means less and less and less. And oh, by the way, that last place schedule isn't necessarily all that that it's cracked up to be. I mean, yeah, you get Detroit, which is a nice, really nice bonus in December if you if you take advantage of that, right? But they also got a schedule that put them against the entire AFC North, all of whom are in the playoff conversation. I hate to say this about a guy who is going to go into the Broncos Ring of Fame and will likely get into the Hall of Fame in one of his first three tries. But? They're winning because one reason they're winning is because Von Miller's gone because he's out of that locker room. Oh, there's... Serious Ewing theory vibes said that like when they traded him, thought that's what might happen. Everybody else rallies together. Bradley Chubb talked about it yesterday. It was a kick in the butt. I think it, I think it's bigger than that. But I though. think it's also with Von Miller out, there is a void. That well, not a void, but that you take that longest tenured player out of the locker room, the guy that everyone kind of deferred to because he's Von Miller and he's a Super Bowl Fifty MVP and he's been around eleven seasons now. And with him out, you know, nature abhors a vacuum. Others fill in. So you get him out, and all of a sudden, other younger voices right. start stepping up. Leader Players that had voices but kind of deferred to Vaughn, then they become leaders. And you start seeing guys like Justin Simmons and Shelby Harris right. and Bradley Chubb becoming bigger presences right and their voices are louder and more important in that locker room you tell me because this is the feeling that i got after the 2018 draft when i talked to bradley chubb and when i talked to Cortland sutton and when i talked to philip Lindsay, those three guys were itching to talk and to lead Lindsay's no longer with the team I'm sure Bradley Chubb learned a lot from Von Miller, but I think you just said it much better than I could have said it. There are a lot of guys who wanted to speak up but didn't and didn't feel they could because they had the Super Bowl MVP in the locker room. And at the end of the day, when you are the man in the locker room, people will defer to you, and the mood that you are in, everybody tends to follow. Von Miller was never a leader on this team. Great player, but never a leader. He was a happy-go-lucky guy. And even though before the Halloween party this year, he reportedly said we should not have this Halloween party, and that was the right move. Make no mistake about it. Um, Von Miller never struck me as the guy who would get angry after losses. 
Justin Simmons is. Bradley Chubb is. Shelby Harris is. I will call it a complete accident that the Rams are 0-3 since he has arrived. That's a coincidence. But it is not a coincidence the Broncos are 2-1. and one. Yeah, Von Miller, Von Miller is on quite the losing streak right now in games and he's played it because he didn't play against Washington, remember? Right. What's the Rams record, 7-4? and four? Yeah. Right. Isn't it interesting that he took a veiled, he didn't mean to, he's not a mean-spirited guy, but isn't it interesting that he said, yeah, I woke up this morning on a 4-4 four and four team and now I'm on a 7-1 and one team. Well, by the end of this weekend... He left a four and four team that's seven and five potentially, and he joined a seven and four, a seven and one team that could lose four in a row and be seven and five. They're not losing to the Jaguars at home. I don't think. I they mean, are you either. never know. I don't. But I think Von I don't Miller. Think they are either. I think in the games that he's played, Von Miller's personal losing streak of six games comes to a halt. Here. Oh, I think it does too. Yeah, I'm but just, still, I'm just playing the any given Sunday. Card. It's interesting, though, isn't it? It's very, it's very interesting, yes. And uh, Von Miller, by the way, yeah, he's coming off the ankle injury. Uh, two games with the Rams, no sacks, one quarterback hit. Right. And didn't they just pick up a big wide receiver? How's that working out? It's like the dream team of Philadelphia right now 10 years ago. Remember no, that? it's not. No. no. You know who it's like? The team across the street, the Lakers. All that talent, all those Hall of Famers. What do you got to show for it? Lakers are struggling. Well, that ha- and it's not the first time the Lakers have done that. Although they right? they were a better team. Remember back in '04 when they had Gary Payton and they had Carl Malone coming yep. off the bench. Last All, a lot of guys that were trying to get a ring before they went. Right. And they got to the finals and the Pistons stomped them. Well, you know what the difference is? You can get those rings or you can get that championship when your best guy is your best leader with the most history and a great resume, like Tom Brady. Everybody wanted to go to Tampa. Look what happened. A lot of guys want to go to the Rams. Matt Stafford hasn't proven anything. Yeah. By the way, Von Miller, he has, uh, over the last two full se- two seasons of games that he's played, 2019 and then this year, he's played 24 games, 12 and a half sacks. So he's about a, he's about a half a sack per game guy now, it would yeah. seem. Coming What's the value up, of that? I'm just saying. Coming up after the break, very rarely do I get upset with a media member, a peer, for irresponsible reporting in which there is almost no accountability. But this national guy stuck his nose into Denver and put out a report that couldn't have been any less true. This was a joke of a report that got people spinning like, really? 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 What did John Heyman report that is so ridiculously wrong from MLB Network? That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. 
Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Tivoli Brewing Tap House. They are on the Raria campus, and you need to check them out before or after any Nuggets or Avs game at Ball Arena. Same goes for a concert. Uh, their beer, nothing short of outstanding. They're always brewing something new every day, and they have a new holiday beer that is coming out. Not only is it better than anything you're going to get at Ball Arena, but it's also less expensive so that's a daily double when you talk about food bad daddy's burgers just opened in tivoli brewing tap house you know how great that place is right bad daddy's much better beer than your or burger i should say than you're gonna get in ball arena and less expensive that's another reason to go there go check them out there colorado's original brewery and if you are not first you are last time now for the buzz The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Eurosport. Go for a test drive today in Denver or Parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Or find them online at rmeurosport.com. Well, MLB Network's John Heyman has had quite a couple of days. Uh, He reported this morning the Rockies are interested in Chris Bryant as they are, quote, obviously aiming to compete in 2022. Geographically, it would work for Bryant, a Las Vegas native. He also reported... Uh, the other day, that the Rockies are interested in Trevor Story or would be open to bringing him back or would like to bring him back. I'll start with the John Heyman report on Chris Bryant. That is 100% true. 100% true. And we can go a little bit further down the road on that. question is, does Chris Bryant want to come here? We'll get into that in a second. Let's, yeah. let's address Trevor Story. I can't get into the details because the person who told me this asked me not to get into the details. John Heyman's reporting is so egregiously wrong, so incredibly self-serving that this guy was looking to make a splash with something. It's as if he had nothing to talk about that day. And he talked to somebody in the Rockies organization, not Bill Schmidt, somebody in the Rockies organization and asked him a very benign question about Trevor's story. And instead of following up and really digging deep, He hung up the phone and then threw it on Twitter. It couldn't have been any more irresponsible. And what it made me think of was this. We had a conversation yesterday about it. One of our one of the guys that listens to us on Twitter. He said, you get you guys get paid to be accountable. Remember, he wrote that. Yes. And I said, we don't get paid to be accountable. We get paid to disseminate information. We get paid to, you know, know more than other people because we have all the contacts. The problem with John Heyman is he's not accountable to anybody. He's a freelancer at MLB Network, so he really doesn't have a home. He's been let go of almost every place he's ever worked at. Nobody wants to work with him, and he's trying to make a name for himself. Now, he has a name for himself. I'm with you there. But his reporting was so incredibly irresponsible because it is 100% not true that Trevor Story would even consider coming back to the Rockies. And the Rockies have had no conversations with Story, and they've had no conversations with him. But what he did was he forced some of the Rockies' media to scramble to see if it was true when he just threw caution to the wind, knowing he really didn't research his story. So with that, John Heyman, shame on you. As for the Chris Bryant story, that is 100% true. What What I've been told is this. They have a list of three outfielders they would like. Number one, would you like to guess? 
Go ahead. Kyle Schwarber. Interesting. That's the guy they want, and they have the money to do it. They're going to spend on an outfielder. Uh, Michael Conforto. That's a name I've heard. That is a guy they're looking at, and then you have Chris Bryant. You can interchange Bryant and Conforto if you want to. They are 2A and 2B, but the guy they would like is Schwarber to bat leadoff. The problem is he's a tremendous liability playing the field. And at Coors Field, with all the territory you've got to cover, yes. unless you're planning on using him as a DH when you get beyond the CBA and there's probably a universal DH, that's going to be a problem. Conforto seems more realistic to me than Brian does. From what I understand, Brian is looking for a deal for about 160 to 170 million, which is part of the reason why I think Conforto is probably more realistic than Chris Bryant is. Right, right. And Schwarber, you know, he has some power numbers, but he's a total liability defensively. Mm-hmm. But that's I mean, where they're going. I mean, the thing with the thing with Conforto is you're you're actually going to buy a little bit low here on him because he's coming he's coming off a season that was. Probably was the worst that he's had in the last five years, but the power numbers are the the power numbers are there. He's not that far removed from being a thirty three home run guy. You, Conforto actually fits the even though he's a bit younger than some of the guys we've seen come come in here like Michael Kadire and uh, Justin Morneau. Conforto fits the profile of somebody that you buy a little bit low on, but has a track record even though they come in a little bit down and gets to and gets to Coors Field and finds his stroke again. It was He my, makes a lot of sense. It was my understanding as of this morning things could have changed. The Rocky scouting staff, they love, not love. They really like Chris Bryant, but there's a reason why. Because you know in the Rockies organization, no one ever leaves. It's like the Hotel California. You got to really work hard to get fired. So a lot of those guys have been there for a very long time. The Rockies were hoping to draft Chris Bryant many years ago. The Cubs had the second overall pick in the draft. And I remember this draft really well because they thought, the Rockies thought, and were hoping the Cubs would take John Gray Mm -hmm. and Chris Bryant would fall to the Rockies. So they know Chris Bryant's game really well. Now, granted, they've had a chance to see him as a pro. He's versatile as a defensive player, yada, yada, yada. But they liked they they loved him in the draft. That's the guy that they wanted in the draft. Mm-hmm. It is my understanding that <laughs> the money part of it has not been signed off yet from Dick Montfort. But it is my understanding they will spend on an outfielder this year. And the thing is, the Rockies. We're not saying that the Dodgers and the Mets in terms of revenue and the ability to tap into some significant streams, but they were able to get more fans in the stands earlier than almost anybody else this year. So they suffered less of a hit financially than almost any team in baseball. Right. So relative to their competition, they do have the ability to spend on probably, I I would say, two of these guys. But the question is... Well, not at 160 to 170. But the the question is... Does Chris Bryant want Colorado? Right. From what I understand, there are a lot of teams in on him. There are a lot of teams in on Schwarber. And at the end of the day, it's going to come down to this, specifically for Chris Bryant, who has tasted success winning a World Series. Does he want to come here for the money, potentially put up numbers, sign a long-term deal here? Or does he want to win? Right? Or does he want to win? 
Does he want to pull a uh, Jeremy Grant and get the big money and come here? Interesting to be on the opposite side of that now as a market. What do you mean? I, you know, letting Jeremy Grant go to Detroit. Detroit's where you go get the big check and a lot of losses. Right. That's what Chris Bryant could be doing. You sign with the Rockies, you could get a big check, and you could be going 76 and 86 every year. Well, think about But again, here's the thing. If you, if you really want to win, and yes, you could put up. Now, uh, to me, it makes sense to sign like a two-year deal here for a lot of money and then test the market depending on your age and if, if you need to resurrect what you're doing like a Justin Morneau needed to resurrect. There have been guys here who have tried to resurrect their careers here because they're hitters with one or two-year deals. But when you are facing the Dodgers and now the Giants and let's be honest, the Padres had an off year. They have a ton of talent. Where in the world are you going in this division? Well, the other thing is, if you don't get something done now, you're going to have to wait a while. Because the deadline is tomorrow night at 9.59 p.m. Mountain Time. Right. That's when the collective bargaining agreement expires. And I don't think anything will get done yeah. before that. Yeah, and that's, but that's that. why you're seeing a flurry of moves happen now. Right. Because the flurry is going to become non-existent for weeks or more likely months. You know what I find to be while so, they work this. You know out. what I find to be so incredibly ironic. Don't is, you think? Yes, nicely done. Thank you. That the owners will always cry poor. Yet the Texas Rangers just gave Corey Seager how much money? Three hundred and what? Yeah, sixty, fifty-six million, sixty-five million, something like that. Twenty-five million. Look what the Mets gave Max Scherzer? Right. They get, I mean, and the th- and the thing about Max Scherzer, what was going on with him in the playoffs in the in the NLCS against the Braves? Sore arm, right? Nope. Couldn't you know, couldn't pitch. I mean, there were there were a lot of things that came together for the Braves. That was one of them. Although, interesting, Atlanta actually has a pretty good record against Scherzer over the years. But Max Scherzer is talking about arm soreness, and he's thirty seven years old. Right. And the Mets just gave him $43 million Because they're desperate. Because Steve Cohn wants to win the owner right now. And pairing him with DeGrom, He tried it last year, too. Tried tried it last year, too, in terms of what they brought in. Right. Money is no object. Right. Eventually, they'll get get some results. Because eventually, if you you spend enough, basically what you do is you... You re- you increase your margin for error, and the Mets with their budget have a huge margin for error now. Coming up after the break, we're going to continue our baseball conversation. You teased it that the uh, uh, lockout in baseball is more than likely going to happen tomorrow night. And with that, there is something in the CBA that the owners want that I honestly think the fans are going to want. Old friend of mine, Jesse Rogers from ESPN Radio in Chicago, is reporting this. And if you love playoff baseball and more teams, you're going to want to stick around next. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Optimum Golf. 
Take your game to the next level this offseason at Denver's best indoor virtual facility in the Park Hill and Rhino neighborhoods. Book your tee time today at theoptimumgolf.com. Okay, there's likely going to be a lockout starting tomorrow, as uh, I don't think anybody's expecting a deal between the owners and players to be signed by then. With that, uh, old friend of mine, Jesse Rogers from ESPN Radio in Chicago is reporting. Uh, the owners are proposing a new playoff format, which obviously benefits them in a lot of ways because uh, more games, more television revenue. But then again, there are going to be players who get more checks. So, it's, it's you know, it's good for both. With that, uh, the new format is seven teams from each league. You have the three division winners and you have four wildcard teams. This is so interesting how this has been proposed. The top team would get a bye. And then the second best division winner would get to pick its opponent like you are on the playground picking a basketball team. I'll take you. I'll take you. And then you have the last schmuck standing there thinking, God, why wasn't I picked, right? And then that guy probably feels he has something to prove. So the second division winner is going to get to pick its opponent from the bottom three wildcard teams. The third division winner will pick its opponent from the bottom two wildcard teams. The two wildcard teams that are left, they will play each other. With that, it'll be a best of three series for all the wild card games at the home park for all three games of the higher seed. And it is my understanding all three games will be played on consecutive days. What do you th- What's that? No I suggest. No double head. Yeah. I love this. I love it. I would tweak it in one way. I would cut. The, I would cut the wild card teams by one. And then that would leave the three division winners, three wild card teams, two division win, the top two division winners get a bye. Division winner number three gets to choose which wild card team they play. And then the other two play each other. Same thing, best of three at the, at, at the higher seeds park. I think seven in each league is a bit much unless we're also talking about expansion because if you get 14 out of 30 teams making the playoffs seems a bit much 14 out of 32, which is basically what the NFL is right now. Right. I think that's a little more doable either way, even if they don't change it to yours. But I like, but I like the idea. I I like the general idea. I would just tweak the number of teams. You know, my favorite idea, you know, my favorite part about this whole thing is, a made-for-television event when the GMs or the managers go on MLB Network and they pick the team they want to play and explain why. And a lot of it's going to be simple. It'll be simply saying like, well, okay, wildcard team X had to use its ace in the season finale to qualify for the playoffs. So... Like I mean, let's let's say for example, um, let's just take the Mets, okay? I mean the team that I brought up to you in the break because I wanted to make the same point you're about to make. Go ahead. Yeah, but they've let's okay. say you know, let, way let, to steal my thunder. Well, no, but Jacob Degrom, right? Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer should be pretty good, right. but Degrom is like Degrom in terms of a dominant pitcher the last three four years. Nobody's better, right? Right. Now the Mets straight. It says a lot for the Mets. They can't seem to win. 
very often when DeGrom is out there, but he's the guy you'd want out there for one game. But what if the Mets, their seed number, you know, their wild card team number two, but they had to throw DeGrom out there for the season finale just to qualify. And then two days later, they turn around and play a playoff game, but you could play a playoff series against the Mets without having to see Jacob DeGrom. Okay, now, let me take the idea that I was going to come up with that you conveniently stole for me. Well, I didn't know you were thinking that. Yeah, I was. I can't well, read your mind. Let's say, well, it's okay. There, no, no, Great no, minds and fools. Think of it that way. No, no idea is an original idea. The reason why I brought up DeGrom, the reason why you and I were talking about the Mets was this. Uh, let's just... I don't think that teams picking other teams are going to be as simple as chalk, meaning just looking at the records, because I'll ask you. Oh, it won't be. You know that. That's why I said it'll be things like rotation where they stand. Now, here. So I'm going to give you a perfect example. Let's say for the sake of argument that the Mets and the Cardinals, okay? Mm Mm-hmm are the sixth and seventh seeds. You will have to face DeGrom. You will have to face Scherzer. Okay? Mm -hmm. Or you have to face, with what we saw last year, a smoking red-hot Cardinals team in a three-game series. What are you choosing? Yeah. Cardinals have that devil magic, too. Well, it, but yeah, if you're talking about like at the end of the season, you're taking a, a, a hot team. I will say that I, I, the thing I will say though is I think some teams would say I don't want to play the hot team, and they would they they choose maybe the Mets kind of sliding in, but having those two starters. Right. But there are others that would that would say, well, momentum is basically the next day starting picture, as the cliche goes. Right. Like I imagine. I'm wearing an Atlanta Braves hat today. I imagine if you gave Brian Snicker the choice. Who he, just signed a new deal, by the way. Yes, it can, understandably so. Just won the World Series. I Congratulations. Was, I, was, I was stunned. Yeah, yeah, no, you were. But I would imagine that someone like Brian Snicker would, follow, would probably go with the momentum as the next day starting picture and would roll the dice on the Cardinals. But not everybody would make that choice. And that's why I love the playground mentality. Yeah. Who are you going to pick? Because you know what? One team's going to be insulted, and that's going to make great bulletin board material, isn't it? Especially if they're insulted, they're insulted that you picked them. You know, and right? That's this is why we. But you know, I, I look. I, I love this. I, I actually think there should be more of this in playoff it's matchups fantastic. that you choose who you're going to play. Well, it's kind I'd of, love to see this in the NFL. Well, it's kind of like in the NBA All Star Game. Yeah. You have two captains, and you pick your teams. Yeah. You know what? It, we need to get away from, and I've always been a proponent of this, we need to get away from the old school tradition mentality that nothing can change. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, sports are a living, breathing thing. Like, not to get political, to me, the Constitution is a living, breathing thing, and you change with the times to make it more interesting, not with the Constitution, clearly, but with sports. Why not give it a shot? Because at the end of the day, you can always change it. It might turn out to be kind of fun. And, you know, I was thinking this. We just came off a year in baseball where you had the two best teams in terms of win-loss record that had to go against each other in the divisional series. And the Dodgers and Giants played a classic series, no doubt. 
The Dodgers, second best record in baseball, had to go through that one game playoff to get to the Giants in the first place. It was, yeah, I mean, I I, I get the people complaining that oh they should if that they shouldn't have played each other in in the divisional round, you know, and you had the Brewers and Braves, both of whom had lesser records in the other series. But I also think of it, I think of it kind of in a more global perspective and I see what's done overseas. You know, one of the great tournaments in this world is the FA Cup in England. And you know how they determine who you play in each round? Blind draw. Oh, you might get a round of 64 matchup between Chelsea and Manchester City. Or Liverpool and Manchester United, but that's just what the draw gave you. You know what I would like I, to, I, I, you know, and I—that's I, why I, I look at something like this, and I'm like, it's great. Why does it have to be locked in to seeds? Why, you know, heck, why couldn't you even just say, all right, we're gonna put all this, put the seven teams in a pot. We're we're gonna we're gonna divide the teams into two pots, and you know, one from pot one is gonna play one from pot two. That's how they do the World Cup seedings, right? You know, and you just might happen to get L.A. versus San Francisco in round one. Okay. You know what I would mm-hmm. like to see in sports, and we can't have a long conversation about this because we have to hit the break. I like what the uh, I like what they do in soccer in the EPL. I want to see relegation. Oh, I would love that. I I, I want to see the Jets out of the NFL for a while. I would like to see the the one thing that could sell me on NFL expansion to forty relegation is if you divide it in right. NFL one, NFL two, right. and there's movement back and forth from one to two, and so you'd have that relegation now. Er, the way I've, I've structured it in my plan is you'd have a 16-team playoff that would have 12 teams from NFL 1, Premier, and 4 from the second tier. But that would make things so much more yeah. exciting if it you would. were playing to stay in the top flight. Especially if Ted Lasso is your head coach. What do we have coming up on Masterpiece Roofing, just in case you missed it? Six-game losing streak over for the Denver Nuggets. We'll talk a little bit about that game and Jokic's return on the other side right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Blackie Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Masterpiece Roofing. Find out how Masterpiece can get your insurance company to pay for your roof. Call 720-242-6404 or go to masterpieceroofing.com today. Just in case you missed it, the Nuggets snapped a six-game losing streak with their 120-109 to win in Miami last night. 
How much stock are you putting into the win versus the Heat as they were without a couple key players? Listen, at the end of the day, the Nuggets have played without key players too. Jokic was back, but MPJ is out. Uh, Jamal Murray's out. And, you know, injuries are a part of the game. What impressed me most, surprisingly, I'm not going to say Jokic because I know what Jokic can do. Bones Highland scored 19 points. Are you kidding me? Wow. Wow. And you're looking, look, with MPJ out for the foreseeable future, you're looking for, you're looking, you're looking for production wherever you can find it. Obviously, Bones is anything but a one-for-one one replacement for MPJ, but he can be that perimeter presence, that, that perimeter shooter that you were hoping MPJ would be. I, this is what I love about I Bones. I mean, Bone, Bones should be playing about 20 minutes a night now. This, this is what I love yeah. about Bones Highland. He loves the game. He loves playing basketball. Yeah. Forget about the fact that he's a joy to watch. Well, he's a joy to watch because he loves playing the game. You can see it. Right. Comes, th- comes through on the screen. Right. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of that Nuggets game, Nikola Jokic was booed by the Miami crowd, understandably so, after the scuffle with Markeith Morris. This was Jokic's uh, response when asked how he felt about the yeah. booing at that game. I play in Serbia, brother. I play in Serbia, so I wish you guys uh, uh, can feel that. So no, uh, no stranger to booing, and it doesn't bother him, obviously. The, the, you know, listen, for you talk about inner cities, whether it's Chicago or New York or Miami, the gunfire. I get that stuff. That, that that's the stuff that Jokic Jokic grew up essentially not in a war zone, but in a but in a part of the world where religious differences. Uh, were so highly escalated that you had to worry about your life probably when you walked out your front door. Yeah, I mean, we kind of talked, alluded to that, especially after uh, what happened when the Heat did come here, that uh, anything you can throw at Jokic, he's going to shrug at because of because of where he's from and what he's probably seen. Right. Yeah, you're not going to really scare him at all. Just in case you missed it, the college football rankings week nine just released during our show here. And no surprise, Georgia still at that number one spot. Michigan up to number two with the win over Ohio State. Number three is Alabama. Number four is Cincinnati after beating Lincoln Riley's former team. Oklahoma State is at five and Notre Dame with their one loss to Cincinnati at number six. What has to happen for SEC's second team, Alabama, to fall out of this playoff picture? Lose. Lose. Lose, and then the only thing that could keep Alabama in if they lose is if you have 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 two of Michigan, Oklahoma State, and uh, and, um, Cincinnati losing. You know what I would love? Notre Dame will because Notre Dame will, would move up at that point. Too. Oklahoma can't move up any higher, can they? Oklahoma State. No, Oklahoma. Wait, Oklahoma State's number five. Oklahoma State is five. Right. Yeah, Oklahoma State because they beat Oklahoma. And so right. basically, if Al- if Alabama loses and Oklahoma State wins, Oklahoma State's going to be in the playoff. Right. Unless something weird happens, I can't see a two-loss Alabama team staying in over a one-loss Oklahoma. Are State you cheering team. for Notre Dame to get in somehow, some way? Now that they don't have their head coach, not at Cincinnati's expense. I agree with that. Like, I, but if you told me that Alabama, Michigan, and Oklahoma State lost, and Notre Dame got in without a coach, I think that would be pretty wild, and I think that'd be funny. 
Well, it would be reminiscent, not exact, but reminiscent of 1989, the Michigan Wolverines. Michigan but, lost their head coach, and uh, what was it, Bill Frieder well, at the time? And the thing about it was Bill Frieder had said he wanted to coach through the tournament. It wasn't that he was going to leave immediately. Right. And then the late Bo Schembechler famously said no, and then went at his press conference and the quote that Michigan people still quote to this day, a Michigan man will coach Michigan. Right. And the head coach was? Steve Fisher. And Steve Fisher did what? Won <laughs> six games in a row and won a national title. Glenn Rice got hotter than a firecracker in that tournament. Yep. Eliminated North Carolina in the Sweet 16, I remember. It broke 12-year-old Mace's heart when Glenn Rice was dropping daggers from the perimeter that night. He did that against a lot of people. That was because he did. Speaking of dropping daggers from the perimeter, the NBA's top two teams facing off tonight at 8 o'clock p.m. on TNT in the desert as Golden State and the Phoenix Suns meet. The Warriors are 18-2 at the top of the league. The Suns right on their heels at 17-3 and on a 16-game winning streak. Which team is a bigger obstacle for the Nuggets and other teams in the Western Conference? I would say Golden State because of Steph Curry. Yeah, Curry's hot. It's because of him. And you have you still have enough players there that know they basically they know how to win. Right. And you have and, and you have a net, you have him. You have Steve Kerr. If the, if this is who they really are, they are the, the Golden State is the favorite. Clay Thompson back to a full yeah. participant in practice as well, so he'll be yeah, on the it, court again soon. It's all it's all coming to, it's all coming together for them at this point. You'd have to say they are the favorite to win the NBA title. All right, that was a Masterpiece Roofing, just in case you missed it. Uh, if you got hail damage in the last, I don't know, two, three months, highly recommend you go with Masterpiece Roofing. And, you know, here's why. A buddy of mine had major hail damage, over $30,000 worth of damage. Started working with Masterpiece Roofing. Not only do they do great work, but you know what else they do? They do a fantastic job of going after your insurance company. And that's exactly what they did for my friend. And guess what? My friend paid $500 total to the insurance company. You know why? That was his deductible. And the insurance company did what it was supposed to do. They don't want to pay, but they were forced to pay thanks to Masterpiece Roofing. Go to MasterpieceRoofing.com. Alex, fantastic job today. Danny, outstanding job as always. Mace, you were terrific as well. So are you. Okay, with that, Danny wanted us to be out at 557, so here we go.